You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now, here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager. Hey everyone, it's Krista Bontrager, and we are ready to roll into another discussion about critical race theory. And here to help me with the conversation is my co-host, Monique Toussaint. Hi. And we live stream every Saturday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for all the things. So we want to encourage people to join us for those conversations. Yeah, we'd love to have everybody join us on a Saturday night and chime in for all things related to God, life, and the Bible. Yes. Well, in this episode, in this adventure, we're going to Oh, it's going to be an adventure. We're going to look at the Washington Post opinion uh, from Jamar Tisby that came out uh, this week. And so we're just going to kind of read through it and discuss it together. And this is the context of this is the the trial that's been going on in Dallas. Yes, with Amber Geiger. Is that how you, how you say her name? Okay. Geiger? Yeah. Something like that. And so the brother of the, the murder victim, she was convicted of murder. Mm-hmm. And the brother gave a victim impact statement at the sentencing, um, basically giving her a an invitation to really come to faith in Christ yeah, and, uh, and offering forgiveness to her. Now, I don't know all the details. I've done some research about, about the trial and that's really not the purpose of this communication to dissect to the trial, but I did do enough research on her to know that she was a person with a lot of problems. Mm. She, she uh, was, Engaged in an extramarital affair with a, a married man who was one of her colleagues on the police force. Um, she potentially had some very negative viewpoints of people of color. Uh, she she had she was not like the poster child for for Sunday school. Yeah, let's put it that way. Yes, and so I think it was um, a very gracious invitation that the brother of the victim gave to, to say like what you really need, the bottom line of what you, you need is you need Jesus. Yes. You need salvation. And then extending to her that, that personal forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it doesn't bring his brother back. Nope. It doesn't take away the consequences of what happened. Take um, away. It doesn't take away his pain. It doesn't take his away his pain. That moment, that clip went viral. Mm-hmm. Um, almost immediately. Immediately, yes, and, right there. And then all of a sudden, we found ourselves in the middle of a race conversation as a culture. And social media just kind of blew up and took sides. Became unhinged. Yes. So we're going to just look at Jamar Tisby's response to that. It was in the WAPO, the Washington Post, and um, just sort of talk through it because I think he's a good representative of uh, a critical race theory advocate in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the reformed tradition and he runs a podcast uh, called pass oh, the mic. Oh, pass the mic. Yes. It, is. And, uh, it used to be the witness and the big Facebook group called like the witness, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so talk us through the, even the title here, the title white Christians do not cheapen the hug and message of forgiveness from Botham Jean's brother. I think there's a thought process because forgiveness was extended. 
it negated everything else. Okay. And so what he's saying is don't cheapen the hug. Don't think that because he extended forgiveness that we are, as Black people, somehow letting this woman or any other white person off the hook. For what? For racism, for oppression, for murders. Okay. For, you can fill in the blank. Okay. But don't cheapen... The hug. Don't don't negate the the other side just because there was a hug. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Let's uh, dig into the post here a little bit. Read through it. In a high profile case this week, former police officer Amber Geiger, who is white, was found guilty of the murder of Botham Jean, a black man in his Dallas home. Bo, as he was called, I mean, he was just sitting in his apartment eating ice cream mm-hmm. and got shot yeah. by this this gal when she came into his apartment. On Wednesday, the same day Geiger was sentenced to 10 years in prison, Brant Jean, Botham's younger brother, made a victim impact statement in the courtroom and then sealed his words with a gesture. If you're truly sorry, he said, I know I can speak for myself. I forgive you. Brant is a Christian and his brother professed to be one. He urged Geiger to turn to Jesus. I think giving your life to Christ would be the best thing that Botham would want for you, he said. Brant went so far as to say he didn't want Geiger to face jail time for the 2018 shooting in the Dallas apartment complex where Botham and she lived. He pleaded with the judge to let him hug his brother's murderer, a request the, a request the judge granted. The courtroom embraced the grieving brother of a black man wrapping his arms around the white female former officer who killed his brother instantly went viral. So that kind of gives you just a little bit of background yeah. that... that we, set up for the, what happened. Yeah, that we were talking about earlier. Some viewed Brant's actions as a stunning example of forgiveness, a moment of grace and tenderness that briefly bridged the chasm between races and provided an example for all to emulate. Although Christians of different backgrounds shared a variety of responses, this moment was especially celebrated by white Christians. It seems to indicate a desire to hastily move forward from the wrong done and offer a perfect picture of reconciliation. Perhaps with just the right amount of compassion, some believe we can erase the color line. But when another black man has been murdered by a person charged to serve and protect, forgiveness should neither be demanded nor assumed. I have many thoughts about this. Go ahead. So I guess I am going to take issue with a couple of things, the way that these are phrased. And then I would love to get you to weigh in on that. This moment was especially celebrated by white Christians. I don't know if that's true. I saw people celebrating it on Twitter from all racial backgrounds. So did I. I saw black people celebrating it. I saw Latino people celebrating it. I saw Asian people celebrating it. And the the one thread of what they all had in common is what an amazing Um, practical implementation of the core of Christianity that this young man knows that his sin needed forgiveness from his father. And he's inviting this gal to experience the same forgiveness that he's had. Yes. And, and I didn't see it as a racial thing at all. And yet the setup from the beginning, the way that Jamar sets it up is this was celebrated mostly by white people. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. Did he do a poll? 
Does he have any data to support this? Where are the receipts? <laughs> um, I was thinking the same thing. I don't know that um that it was more white people. Now, in fairness to what he's saying, I did see some white people say things like, why can't everybody just forgive everything and, you know, like squash the 400 plus years of, you know, oppression or whatever that. And now I haven't yes. seen any now post to that when, effect. Now, but, but that was before yeah. the backlash. But when I went and looked for them today, they were gone. Oh, so I don't know if it was like a retract. Uh, let me just quickly delete this. And But, you know, in fairness, too, I saw in someone else's comments um, something to the effect of, well, I did post, you know, because I do think X, Y, and Z. Um, but I feel like for the most part, anything that was like, why can't we all just, in the words of, Rodney King, why can't we all just get along? Get along. You know, yeah. those have all been taken down. I'm not saying they weren't out there. I didn't see any tweets or Facebook posts to that effect. The ones that I saw were were really revolving around the theme of the the, the, the Christ-like example. The majority and of things so, that I saw were were that. Now, yeah. I, when I say I saw some, I probably saw three. Okay. You know, I'm not like saying I saw... But, but the Hundreds, setup here makes yes. it sound like this is the majority of how white people responded to this. And I just I just don't know that that's true. And what I saw on another thread from a, a tweet from someone else who said something more condensed, but just as poignant, um, black people and white people were like, no. And this the person was black who put it up. But people were coming to the defense quickly and were like, you're wrong. You call yourself a bishop. You're wrong. This is not the way that as Christians, we're supposed to live our lives. His his offering of forgiveness has nothing to do with race, but it's his Christian, like his Christian idea. It's ideals. a Christian issue. Yes. And so I was so happy to see that. Yeah. So to go back to the post here a second, the, the other thing I wanted to point out was with just the right amount of compassion some people believe we can erase the color line. Well, maybe. I don't know that that's what people are saying. I think that for a lot of the posts that I saw, again, were calling Christians to deeper levels and extension of forgiveness. But I didn't see a lot of like, now here's how we can apply this to the racial conversation. It seems like the people who are drawing the connection between this act of forgiveness and diminishing race issues and, and saying that this is a pathway to racial reconciliation, the only people bringing that up are people who advocate for critical race theory. And I would say, yes, white or black, because exactly. I have seen. Yeah. Yes. Now, now I'm with you. I'm on the same page. Okay. And yes, that makes me think about Jesus plus or Jesus and and. For much of what I see with people who uphold critical race theory, it's like, yes, it's Jesus and. So you can be compassionate, but are you compassionate enough? How much or in is this way. enough? Yes. And so, um, yeah, I I would say the same. I don't know that what he's saying is that this is the pathway to racial reconciliation. No, he's I, not. Actually, okay, I was going to say, I think he's saying but quite he, the opposite. But he's projecting that onto the non-critical race theory people. 
that you're thinking that this is the way. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, I think that might be an assumption on your part, Mr. Tisby. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're thinking that. Mm -hmm. I think what we're thinking is. That this is a Christian value. Exactly. Forgive. Yeah. Yes. So, okay, let's go back to the post. A society built around white superiority is also built around white innocence, an assumption of the intrinsic moral virtue of all white people and the purity of their intentions, regardless of impact. White innocence assumes black forgiveness. So people are celebrating Brandt's gesture of forgiveness. Such a sentiment is praised as an admirable example of Christian faith in action. First of all, I would probably... Instead of saying black forgiveness, I would say white innocence assumes black guilt. And in that, I would go back in history. The the thing that I can correlate that to is things like in the in the South um, and like Jim Crow South, when, you know, a white girl may have made up a lie that a black boy looked at her or something like that. So a society built around white supreme, white superiority, such as a Jim Crow South, is also built around white innocence. And so what he's saying is that the superiority allows for the innocence to continue. There is no guilt because we're in charge. An assumption of intrinsic moral virtue of all white people and the purity of their intentions regardless of impact. So... The girl who decries that the boy touched her, raped her, whatever, is automatically assumed to be innocent because she's white. Okay. White innocence assumes black forgiveness. I would say assumes black guilt. But I think what he's trying to say is that blacks, in accordance with their religious values, for the most part, are quick to forgive. We will offer forgiveness. Some people might say in everything but slavery. But, you know, like we will offer forgiveness. You'll see that in court trials. You'll see that in like, don't hold it against them. Let the Lord deal with them. We are not the judge or the jury. Like all of those little sayings and things like that. So what I think he's saying is that as history has repeated itself, you will see that Blacks time and time again are usually the ones who will offer it or extend forgiveness. Okay. And so white innocence will automatically presume Black forgiveness. Okay. That makes sense. That helps me understand it. That's what I think he's saying. I don't know that I see that so much today. Like, does it still exist? Could it still exist? Yes. Do I see that myself? I would say no. And I also don't know that forgiveness is black. Like forgiveness is forgiveness. And if you're holding to historic Christian values, then this is what we're man. This is our mandate. This This is is what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. It has nothing to do with black forgiveness, white forgiveness. It's just Christian. This is your obligation. Yes. But I do think that he is looking at history. Even in the South, it was like, well, I'm sorry, sir. You know, things like that. Um, And so he's assuming black guilt or and assuming black forgiveness, if that makes more sense. Yeah. And I guess the question that you asked earlier is important because it's like, well, is that still happening today? Are we talking about 50 years ago? What are we talking about? I think according to the critical theorists, it is still happening today. And you see it in ways 
that you wouldn't necessarily see it so overtly. So critical theory would say that women are an oppressed people group. Blacks are an oppressed people group. We would receive like a lower salary or something like that. So in the case of a salary, you might offer me a lower wage than what you would offer the white woman next to me. And I apologetically just take it, you know, okay. in, in an offering of, well, you know, just be grateful yes. for something. Got it. I, I kind of see it that way. But specifically looking at things in the courtroom, someone mentioned um, the Charleston Nine. Recently, there was a group of people, of black people who were killed in a church. Right. And um, I want to say those people even offered forgiveness yes, toward the person who came in and, and, you know, did that mass shooting. And so you see things like that where people are, you know, we forgive you. Well, the and, same in the Amish community. A few years ago, there was a situation. This might have been when you were in Africa. Mm. There was a mass shooter who came into an Amish school. Mm. And the Amish are pacifists. And somebody came into their their one room schoolhouse and shot many of the children wow. in in the schoolroom, and there was quite a public um, effort to forgive the the mass shooter who killed their children. So it's not just black people who engage mm-hmm. in that. That's a Christian value. Yes, we would say. Okay, let's go on to the the next one. Of course, Jesus urges his followers to forgive. Forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive others, other people, when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And that's from the Lord's prayer. From a certain perspective, Brandt is simply following the dictates of his conscience and his faith. But what must be understood is that when tragedies such as the murder of a black man by a white police officer occur, they aren't just felt by one black person the black community feels the impact. Now I'm going to stop there for a minute because I have an observation and I really want you to comment on it is he, he quotes this passage from the Lord's prayer from Matthew chapter six. And then he says, from a certain perspective, Brandt is doing this. Which I, to me doesn't seem to be his perspective. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, it's not from a certain perspective. It's from a Christian perspective. And Jamar, you claim to be a Christian theologian. It's not from a certain perspective. The, the wording should be here, as Christians, our faith compels us to offer radical levels of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because just as we are sinners and have needed the Father's forgiveness, so also we are obligated to forgive others and extend the same offer of forgiveness to the heaven for the heavenly father for for these people it almost sounds as if he's writing about the brother from a stand that the brother is in a pre-encounter phase mm. he may not be woke yet that didn't occur to me because i was just thinking about it as man this young man has a deep grasp of his faith and his brother who was murdered was like a worship leader. He was often heard by his neighbors singing worship songs Mm -hmm. in his apartment. He was, he was quite devout and fervent about his faith. And I get the, the upset of 
I can't even be a black man, minding my own business, obeying the law, be a godly man, be a leader in my church, sitting in my apartment, innocently eating a bowl of ice cream and not get killed. Yes. You know, that's a whole nother story. And, and, and I, so I get the outrage mm-hmm. of that and that, that's behind that. But at the same time, I'm thinking these are two young men who seem to have some awesome training from whoever, I don't know, their parents or their church or whoever, that they really have a, a deep and profound understanding of the implications of their faith. And yet Tisby is almost like, ridiculing it ridiculing it almost like this young man is participating in a racist system simply by offering forgiveness see what got me was you know from a certain perspective brand is simply following the dictates of his conscience and his faith but what must be understood is that when tragedy such as the murder of a black man by a, poli- a white police officer occur it's the butt yeah He's following the dictates of his conscience and his faith. That's cool. But, and I mean, I agree. When when police brutality happens against Blacks and, like, it's publicized, I feel like, ooh, yes. Like, there's a connection there. Like, oh, man. You know, it could be me. It could be my brother, you know, next. But I, I don't think that that means that you wouldn't feel that way if there was something, you know, like when we talk about things like critical race theory or the attacks on whites and things like that, like you, your husband could be next. I just think that we, we gravitate toward the things that almost are, that are like us right? and that we are impacting. With. Yeah. The yeah. things that we identify with, the things that are most potential to impact us. Okay. Well, let's continue. If white people expect all black people to extend forgiveness as quickly as Brant Jean did, then they neither understand black people nor black pain. Black grief is a community project. It is felt widely, but dealt with individually. Some go to therapy, some participate in demonstrations, some write op-eds. Everyone is entitled to their own process. As Brant stated, he speaks for himself. No one should, should expect swift mercy from every black person at the risk of offering such speedy forgiveness is not nearly enough attention is given to the injustice itself. What is lost in the tearful embrace between a murdered man's brother and the killer are the words of Botham's mother. There's much to be done in the city of Dallas. She said the corruption that we saw during this process must stop. Now, I have a couple of thoughts about this. It says, if white people expect all black people to extend forgiveness as quickly as Brant Jean did, then they neither understand black people nor black pain. And then no one should expect swift mercy from every black person. Well, I guess my question to that is, it depends. It depends on if the black person is a Christian or not. Yes. If the black, to me, this is, again, not a racial issue. If the black person is a Christian, then I think it is something we have to be working toward. Even if we can't get there today, we have to be working toward that. Because, again, just as this says in the Lord's Prayer that, that Mr. Tisby quoted earlier, that if we don't forgive, our Father in heaven will not forgive us. We have a moral obligation 
as the children of God, the way that we show that we are children of God is by extending to others the same thing the Father has extended to us. So you can't be in this land of, well, you can't expect Black forgiveness. It's not about Black forgiveness. The question on the table is not what race is the person, is what religion is the person? Mm -hmm. Are they a Christian or not? Are they a Christ follower or not? Yes, like we should be quick to forgive. We should, if if the Lord himself will say that if you're at the altar giving your your sacrifice, forget about me and you in this moment and, and what you're doing here, which to me would be of highest importance. I'm going before my Lord and Savior, before God. He's like, hey, it's going to be okay with us. Go fix this relationship. Go forgive that person. If you know that that person has something against you, go fix that relationship. If you have something with that person, go fix that relationship. Go forgive. How many times do I have to forgive? That they, they thought they was tricking Jesus. How many times do I got to forgive? <laughs> that's something, that's a question I'd have. Hey, but look, I forgave him six times already today. He, he broke my pencil four times in class. I'm done. <laughs> And God was basically saying as much time. Be, be generous. Yes. Be generous. Yes. Don't don't put a limit on it. And I think and, it's 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 a hallmark of the Christian faith that we are generous in our forgiveness. Um, I think that we need to understand that. And um, and yet, Mr. Tisby goes on to, to can we go back to the graphic? He says here, there's this, the mother says there's much to be done in the city of Dallas. The corruption we saw during this process must stop. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But to me, that doesn't, that doesn't have, it, it needs to be decoupled from the issue of our obligation as Christians. Yeah. Should we work toward better processes, more equity, following the rules, even if a police officer is involved following protocols and standards. Absolutely. But that has nothing to do with, do I forgive? Exactly. I don't know. When I, when I look at this and when I've looked at my tweets today and yesterday and the feeds, I just, it's, it's disappointing. Like that's all I have, you know, it's that's sad. the only word because not only is it divisive black and white, it's divisive white and white. It's divisive black and black. There are, it's Christian against Christian. You know, what better scheme of the enemy than to have someone say that forgiveness is really just basically spurring hate. That forgiveness is just another act or another, um, like, pin in the cushion of oppression. You know, it it just solidifies that, it, it, to me, it, it solidifies that or what I hear when my people say, what does it take to satisfy you guys? You know, like what 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 more do you need? You know, or what what are you doing within your own race when, you know, a black person is wanting to extend forgiveness? And then y'all come for the very person who is offering the forgiveness, who is another black person. And even though I know no, none of the writers Tisby or anyone else would say, I didn't come for him. Like I didn't, you know, we didn't come for him. We didn't put him down or anything like that. If anything, we said that that was a great gesture and things like that. But to me, even just saying that that's a great gesture is a bit 
demeaning. Like he wasn't doing something, at least from my position, he wasn't doing something to just offer a gesture. It he wasn't was offering her a heartfelt. Scooby snack, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was heartfelt. And according to historic Christianity, he was offering forgiveness he, the way that the Lord has instructed us. He was being very us. obedient. Yeah. yeah. All I right, just, let's, yeah. let's go ahead and uh, finish it out here. Instant absolution minimizes the magnitude of injustice. It distracts attention from the systemic change needed to prevent such tragedies in the first place. The same Bible that urges forgiveness also urges justice. Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow, Isaiah 117. Black forgiveness is a response to white racism, is an act of faith in God and of self-preservation. With all the black people that have endured for four centuries of racial oppression, forgiveness protects the heart from consuming heat of hatred. It ensures that people who have been wounded don't have to constantly relive the injury. The act of forgiveness honors God who forgives undeserving people when someone extends it to someone who is similarly undeserving. Let's just look at this statement in the very first sentence. Instant absolution minimizes the magnitude of injustice. How does it minimize the injustice that I forgive someone of a great injustice? Isn't that the very nature of Christianity? That the Father forgives me for great injustice instantaneously the moment I repent and I turn to him? Isn't that the whole idea of Christianity? And it doesn't negate all the things I did wrong. They still had to be dealt with at the cross. I guess my question would be, can we live in a space where forgiveness can be real and offered and where we can also acknowledge the truth about injustice? Yeah. That would be my question. And not that offering forgiveness then means that injustice is no longer real or we're trying to wash over injustice because we offer forgiveness. Right. But can I offer forgiveness? And. And also understand that injustice is true. It's real. And it. We have work to do. We have work to do. That's okay. It's okay to live in that space. It doesn't mean that. Because one happens, the other can't. Yeah. All right, let's finish it out. No one should mistake black forgiveness. And I, I kind of feel like black forgiveness is going to become its own little term soon. Um, whenever and if ever it is offered for complacency with racial injustice. That sentence to me makes it sound like forgiveness from a black person is something that should be coveted. Like it is like the gold and um, should never be expected that as blacks we have the choice to forgive or not to forgive whenever and if ever we choose to to offer it that that white people should be extremely grateful if forgiveness is ever offered and i don't know that that is that's the way of our savior um no one should assume that a public act of mercy on the part of one black person eclipses the demands for change from an entire community. But again, like to me, forgiveness can live and we can call for acts of change. Black forgiveness is costly. I was yeah. just saying that. 
Um, it requires us to absorb wrongdoing, even as we continue to work for justice. Black forgiveness becomes cheapened when we take it for granted. Black forgiveness is admirable when it is freely given and not demanded or expected. And the best response to black forgiveness is to prevent the harm that makes it necessary in the first place. I don't know that we can ever do that because we are human. We live in a fallen world. Black forgiveness is admirable when it is freely given and not demanded or expected. But it must be expected if we're Christ followers. Yes. I can't escape that. Is that if we do not forgive, we will not be forgiven. And it is expected. Yeah. And and it's very peculiar to me that Mr. Tisby doesn't seem to differentiate between the obligations of Christ followers and the world. Yeah. You know, if you're not a Christ follower, okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And then I could I could agree that it shouldn't be demanded. No one should demand forgiveness yeah. against someone's free will. But if you're a Christ follower, there is an expectation that you will be working toward that, even if it isn't today or tomorrow mm-hmm. that you're able to get there, but that that is your destination. Because it's what Christ is calling us into. Yeah. The best response to Black forgiveness is to prevent the harm that makes it necessary in the first place. And this is what I was saying. I think it's quite impossible. Um, we live in a fallen world. And to say that Black forgive the best response to Black forgiveness is to prevent the harm that makes it possible, that makes it necessary in the first place would be to say, to treat me fragilely, to treat me in like with extra caution or care, like, no, we should not just bust into people's homes and shoot them. No, when I get pulled over on a traffic stop, I shouldn't fear for my life or be shot. But we also live, or not even but, and we also live in a world that's extremely broken and extremely fallen. And that is, that in and of itself does not, you know, excuse people's actions. But it is the reality that this is the world that we live in. And to say that we we need to to stop doing the things that cause Black people harm puts us almost in a special category. Like, so, but I don't have to do the things that, that cause... Afghanis harm or Israelis harm or white people harm, you know? And I I don't think that's what he's saying, but there needs to also be an awareness of what he's really asking for. And it needs to be clear. I don't think that, that what he's saying is extremely clear. It leaves a lot on the table, a lot to be um, muddled through. So are you, is he specifically calling for, you know, a decrease in police brutality, a decrease in, um, you know, like judicial processes and people going to jail wrongfully or with uneven sentence terms? Like what, what are you calling for specifically? But I just don't, I don't think it's possible anyway, because we live in a broken system that is our world. And yet we live in a country that does a better job of enforcing many of the laws than other countries. Oh, than any other country. Like, oh my gosh, please, if we were in South Africa, no one would bat an eyelash. This court case 
may not even be a court case. It would have just happened. You know, it would have happened. No one. Yes. Yes. So the fact that there are processes in place to even hold this woman accountable. And I know many people are going to be like, you know, the, the idea that we should just be grateful for this is wrong. But in some ways, we have work to do. We, we do have work to do. And we should celebrate the idea that she was held accountable because the I have been to many countries and many yeah, the prosecutor did bring a case and argued vigorously for her guilt. And the jury agreed, you know, and it, it so we don't want to minimize like, well, it's better than nothing. At the same time, we want to acknowledge that there's a whole lot of countries on the planet that there would be no accountability mm-hmm. and the corruption is extremely deep. Yeah. So, but we have more work to do. Yeah. We, we can always improve. We can always do better. We want to continue to make progress to make things fair and equitable as possible yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So For me with this, I think the bottom line is that yes, as Christians, we do have a mandate to forgive. Do I know that I could, you know, just be so generous with my forgiveness right off the bat? Like, hey, you know, you killed my brother and come here, let me give you a hug. I don't know. I don't know that I'm there, but that hasn't happened to me. That hasn't been my walk. I do know that we are not called to do easy things. And forgiveness is one of those things that is not easy, but yet we are still called to. Well, I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you found this conversation helpful. It's been a hard week. Uh, both of us have, our hearts are heavy in doing this uh, broadcast tonight, but we just wanted to talk it through a little bit to hopefully try to help you and your conversations with others. And uh, just to be able to be light and grace and, and love forgiveness. and forgiveness to others and, Um, not to get caught up in all of the mayhem of social media right now. So we do want to thank you for watching. We hope that you'll check out some of our other videos and send us your feedback at attlivestream at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about this conversation. Thanks so much for watching. God bless. Bye.